Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Remy Battery, family-owned and operated since 1931, serving Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. RemyBattery.com. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will join me in just a bit, and today we'll get a Lake Michigan fishing report from Dumper Dan Welsh. Stephen Janay of Skyroam.com looks at tech devices that can improve your summer RV experience, and we'll look at rough grouse and wild turkey numbers with DNR wildlife biologist Elena Garretts. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. It's time now for the Madison Outdoors Report, presented each week from now until gun deer season by Pampas Trading Post, southern Wisconsin's leading Matthews and Mission archery retailer. They're located on Highway 14 west of Arena and also on the web at pampastradingpost.com. And you hear this feature each and every week on WTSO, the Big 1070, and on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us now for our first deer-focused report of the season is Trading Post owner Randy Smith. Randy, thanks for joining us. Hi, Dan. Now, uh, we usually talk with J.C. Chamberlain, but I understand he's in Alaska. Yep, he took a few days off to go see the sights and catch some fish. Yeah, and he's having a good time, I'm sure. Uh, I would hope so. Yeah, we'll get a report when we talk to him in a couple weeks. So, um, is it too early to start thinking about archery deer season, the end of June, early July? Actually, with the way business has been, it's there's no better time than the present because a lot of the companies are informing us that we're having long lead times with getting new new products, and it's it's just time to plan ahead so you don't have to wait when deer season rolls around. Yeah. Okay. So um, long lead time for new products is that parts and uh, complete bows? It's bows and the accessories that we put on them. Uh huh. There there are some companies that are still doing really good, but some of them are four to six months on new orders wow okay and you can let people know when they come in or they call whether the particular brand of bow or uh, whatever they're looking for uh, whether they should uh, look look for something else um, if you can't get it right away right yeah we can definitely steer them in the direction where they can get what get something that's going to be as good or better than what the parts are that are on back order. Yeah, okay. What about uh, th- simple things like uh, string and cable replacement? You you can make those right there, can't you? We can make some. Um, I know a lot of people, there are people, I should say a lot, but there are people that want custom ones that are from a specific manufacturer, and some of those lead times are getting extended, but if it's something that you need in a hurry, we can actually make them here if, if need be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now's a good time to get the bow out, take a look at it. If it looks or shoots or uh, feels funny, uh, get it to a shop and and get the work done before the rush. That would be definitely advisable, especially with the current state of everything with COVID-19. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about... um, what what else should we be doing? Let's assume my bow is in pretty good shape, um, uh, but maybe it needs a tune-up. Um, what types of things do you do with a bow tune-up? Um, with a tune-up, we're going to set everything back to the factory specifications as far as axle-to-axle and brace height. And then adjusting the, the rest and the, the loop height, just get everything back so it's shooting the way it should be and definitely going to be easier to shoot more accurately once it's been checked over uh-huh and do things get out of whack um it, either uh just lying around in the case or hanging up on a hook well it depends how long it's been hanging on the hook uh-huh uh, if it's been you know just a few months or even since last fall a lot of things probably haven't changed but if it's been a year or sometimes even two or three for some people, mm-hmm. it's 
definitely good to get it checked over. Uh huh. And can you tell? Uh, can the average archer tell himself if his bow needs a tune-up? What do you look for? Um, it's really it's really not easy to tell if just at a quick glance. Um, but there is one thing that they can do, and you can look up what the axle axle was on your bow for the original original specs and measure that. And if it has changed significantly, meaning an eighth of an inch or more, that it definitely needs some attention. Uh huh. Okay. And do limbs get uh, twisted as well? Not usually. Um, the the components or the equip the whatever the component or material that they use is definitely better than it has been in the past. So uh-huh. most of the time, it's pretty they're pretty stable. So that doesn't happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, if somebody buys a new bow from you, you you offer something you call a Big Ten package. What is that? That's basically when you we get the bow, it's free setup. Um, we spend about an hour with the people when they come to pick it up, getting everything adjusted for them. Spend some time on the range, trying to get them sighted in. Some basic instructions if they're newer. Even some of the more experienced hunters, they can learn from either changing their grip a little bit or something like that to help improve their shooting. And then on top of that, um, you get five hours of range time, free tune-ups for as long as they own their bows, as long as they do it in months other than August and September. <laughs> yeah. and, <laughs> and it's just basically maintenance, taking you know, free maintenance for as long as they own their bow. Yeah, nice, so. nice. Yeah, that uh, that can add up if you're, um, you know, if if you take your bow in every year and, and you haven't got that kind of a deal. Correct. Um, how about shooting practice? Um, imagine you practice quite a bit because I know you've made some long range shots on antelope out west. Um, so I imagine you shoot uh, regularly, huh? We try to shoot, you know, three to four times a week. Just just trying to keep your muscles in shape and. Staying on top of trying to keep it yourself, so you're definitely better when the chance, you know, the chance arrives. Uh huh. So it's a question of, of familiarity with uh, the tool as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You just you just get comfortable with the bow, and you know how it's going to perform, and you're able to make that shot when you get the yeah when the shot arises. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you got any Western hunts planned this year? Nope. Everything I applied for, I was denied, so Ooh. I haven't found anything yet this year. Ah, okay. So you'll be hunting locally then? <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, okay. Um, what else could we be doing now besides uh, tune-up and practice? Uh, is it too late to put in food plots uh, or make water holes? No. Actually, it's a great time for both of them when the weather is being as dry as it has been. I mean, we did get a little bit of rain now, but they definitely, the deer definitely have come to water holes if you put them in. And that can be as simple as a 15-gallon tub that you fill with water once a week. Uh Food food plots, a lot of the radishes and brassicas and stuff like that, those are typically should be planted this time of the year. Mm -hmm. As long as you can time it. When we get a rainstorm after you plant it, it usually they'll, they'll usually come and perform for yeah. you really well. Yeah, and those are foods that uh, deer use after a frost, often, right? Correct. Yeah, uh, I, I've hunted in December on a property that had food plots, uh, brassicas in there, and gosh, I pulled out some uh, you know baseball-sized turnips and radishes and. Uh, it looked good enough. I didn't take them, you know, to eat myself, but I'll bet you could have. You could have. Yeah, but the deer hit those pretty well. Yeah, the deer love them, especially that time of the year. Yeah. Okay. Anything else we should be doing now? Um, I don't think so. I mean, not right at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what are your summer hours? Um, right now we are open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, and 9 to 5 on Saturday. 10 to 6 and 9 to 5, okay. Yep. 
Very good. Well, um, and you you do or don't have a league this year? We did not have a league this year because we typically do that in the late winter months uh-huh. and with social distancing and stuff. We figured it was advisable to stay away from that. Yeah, maybe next year you'll start it up again. We're hoping to. Yeah, all right. Well, Randy, thanks so much for uh, getting us uh, started and thinking about deer for the season. We'll be talking to you or JC every other week now for the next several months, and uh, we certainly appreciate your, your insights. Okay, well, thanks a lot. You bet. Randy Smith is the uh, co-owner of Pappas Trading Post. Their website is Pappas, P-A-P-P-A-S, tradingpost.com, and they're located on Highway 14 west of Arena. So stop in if you're in the area or if you have any questions about uh, Mission and Matthews Archery and other uh, equipment, other dealer uh, uh, manufacturer's equipment as well, and they can help you out. I'm Dan Small. This was the Madison Outdoors Report. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Well, joining me once again now from Wisconsin Rapids is Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, um, how was Father's Day weekend for you? Anything exciting? Uh, no, pretty chill, pretty mellow, uh, which is fine with me. We've got uh, plenty of stuff to do around here, garden to take care of, chickens to take care of, things like that. So um, it was nice to have a pretty mellow Father's Day weekend. Um uh, in between tournaments and headed off to Mobridge, South Dakota here this weekend. Ah, okay. And what's that one all about? Got a Masters Walleye Circuit event, 62 teams out there fighting for a chance to uh, land some big Lake Oahe walleyes. And um, if, if nobody's had the chance to fish the Missouri River system and Lake Oahe in particular, um, you got to give yourself the opportunity. And much like a lot of walleye waters in the world, um, there, it, it's, it's a cyclical type of system. And so right now fishing is very good. There's been a lot of bait in the system. Um, and, uh, the population isn't so big that you've got a lot of small fish. Uh, you've got right now, you've got, uh, 30s, 31s, and even 32 inch walleye, oh, oh, uh, wow. swimming around there that, that, wow. that folks are catching on the regular. Like yeah. that's a that's a regular thing. Wow. So, um, and, and I, you know, it's the Missouri River system, much like everywhere else, where you've got uh, uh, large walleyes, uh, the capability for large walleyes. There's bigger ones in there. You know, sure. I mean, uh, the Missouri River system often puts out 16 pound walleyes in the spring. So, um, not always caught legally, by the way. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, it, it'll be a lot of fun to be out there. It's going to be a little warm. Uh, this is a, this is a harvest tournament. I know we get folks that, uh, ask me all the time, what do you do with the walleyes? Well, mm. uh, this, uh, particular event, there's two different nonprofits that come and take the fish. And, uh, we, we do the same like, uh, the Mercury Nationals. We've got a nonprofit that takes the fish, uh, usually local food banks that feed folks, uh, that are in need in the area. And I'll tell you what, Dan, this is something that we, we talk about a lot because running fishing tournaments, uh, you're going to have mortality. Uh, yep. you, you can talk about the CPR format, but I can assure you that if you flew a drone over the body of water that a CPR lake was uh, was fished, you're still going to have some mortality depending on, you know, just go fishing for a few times. You're going to hook something oh, yeah. not so good, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it happens. There's but, no doubt. Um, yeah. So we get this mortality. What we do with these fish is we make sure that they're fed. And we talk to so many different food pantries, especially um uh in your early early spring and um um and and in late fall where your um uh your proteins are are lacking as far as uh available food sources local food sources in the hmm. area and so yeah. it's amazing for these food pantries to get their hands on some fresh fish uh because it's often the folks that they're feeding um, it, it's the, the, the few sources of, of fresh, uh, proteins that they're able to, to provide them. So, uh, it's a really neat opportunity to be able to serve the communities that we, uh, we get to go and, and, uh, have fun in. I know the anglers enjoy being, uh, being able to talk about that and, and help out in that way. And, 
you know, the anglers throughout the week are able to catch fish and keep them if they want to. Um, and they can keep their fish from on stage. You know, they, they bought a fishing license, but most of them, once they find out that, uh, it's going to a, a local, uh, nonprofit, or of course, if we've got a release tournament, uh, they're, they're more than welcome to, uh, they're more than willing to, to, to send those fish back or send them to, um, to that nonprofit to, uh, to be able to do, uh, what they need to with them. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. Some communities do a, a fundraising fish fry with the with the fish, depending on the state and local laws, and uh, usually it takes care of like boat launches or you know they're trying to to uh, to fundraise for something in the community, and um, it's a it's a great way to be able to give back to that because these are really cool events to be able to do, and we want to we want to keep being welcomed back in these communities. Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, I have fished the Missouri. Um I, I may have fished it in South Dakota. If so, it was a long time ago. The most recent time I have fished it was in North Dakota. And we did not catch big walleyes, but we caught quite a few. We, The guide, um, we were fishing out of one of those Angler Quest uh, pontoon boats. And this oh, was yeah, a yeah. bunch of people at a, on a GLOW event, Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Riders, and we would drift over this particular structure. I think it was a gravel uh, bed or a gravel bar or something. And uh, jig and a minnow, I think, uh, or jig and plastic. And we all caught walleyes. And we, at the end of the drift, they'd motor up and we'd do it again. And, yeah, it is uh, an incredibly productive uh System, I guess, is the mm-hmm, way to put mm-hmm. it. So, it's funny that you say that because uh, we we uh, you know it's sixty two boats. It's not a huge event for us, but um, we start asking around, and there's a lot of guides that fish us when we go to their body of water because they want to show off. You know, they they know the system, they know the body of water, so a lot of them will get in. This is one of those events where we don't get a whole lot of local guides in it, and it's not because they don't think they can win the event. It's that they're making. Their money is so good right now. The fishing is so good on Lake Oahe hmm. that they can't they can't take five, six, seven days and not take clients. Well, good. Well, great. Well, we'll hear the report, of course, next week. Well, I've been uh, we got the raccoon wars still going on. I've uh, uh, set two trail cameras in two different locations and. Uh, I've only caught the, first, the one raccoon that I caught, uh, I think, last week or week before, and we've been eating him, and he's really tasty. I Last night we had him, um, uh, I cut the, all the meat off the bones this time, and I put it in a slow cooker, and it was really good, and then uh, we've had it in, in soup, and in fact, I don't think that I even knows she was eating raccoon Soup. Uh, she she knew one day because she took it to an event that she went to. Uh, she took a thermos of it, but um, I don't think she knew the last time. Well, John said I don't think we'll try a raccoon. You know, he and Sally Ann. But uh, I, and I'm not going to sneak it on him. You know. But anyway, uh, and on the trail camera, I've got one big one who showed up once, stuck his nose in the box trap where there were marshmallows and decided not to go in there. So he may be trap-wise, I don't know. Picked up a couple of different stray cats on the uh, trail camera. Uh, Possum checked out the box trap and uh, caught two skunks. Unfortunately, one of them I caught in uh, one of those uh, pipe traps, you know, that uh, where you can release the raccoon or uh, you have to shoot it to get it out and there was no way I was going to try to release that skunk. So I sent it to skunk heaven uh, and stank up the, <laughs> the bottom of the yard there for a while, the lower part of the yard. But um, we have not had too much predation on chickens this year. We've lost a couple, uh, but they I think they were young and they were early on. They just either got lost or maybe a skunk or coon grabbed them, you know, just when they weren't looking or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have one rogue rooster. A friend gave me two roosters um, thinking, well, he asked first. He said, uh, can you use two more rooster, roosters? You got room for them? And the answer really is no, but I said yes, and we took them. And uh, one of them disappeared in the first night, um, first or second night. Second one has gone feral. He's a, He's over in a pasture. And he crows at 4.30 every morning, and he's not coming into the yard, so he's not roosting, you know, in the barn or anything. 
So I'm actually hunting him like a turkey, and uh, <laughs> I'll report on that if I get him. It's it's crazy. I, I, you know, stalked him one time, took a shot, and shot over his head, missed him, and now he's he's playing hard to get. You know, he's learned. <laughs> but anyway, fun with uh, livestock, mm-hmm. as you know, mm-hmm. it can be exciting. Well, coming up. Uh, we have Stephen Genet. He's the marketing director for Skyroam.com. He's going to talk about some gadgets you might want to take along with you on your RV or camping trips this summer. We'll also talk with DNR assistant upland wildlife ecologist Elena Garretts about the ruffed grouse drumming uh, accounts that have happened recently. They reported uh, them out and uh, we'll find out what's going on with grouse numbers, and we'll ask her about the turkey situation, because there's been a lot of interest in that. And kicking things off, Captain Dan Welch, Dumper Dan, is going to report on the great Lake Michigan fishing action off Sheboygan. And by the way, if you uh, get a copy of the June 25th issue of Wisconsin Outdoor News, you'll see Dumper's smiling face hefting a big king right on the front page. I think it's the one he told us about a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, all that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. It's time now for an update on Lake Michigan fishing in the Sheboygan area, sponsored, as always, by Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters, Condos, and Riverfront Store on South Pier Drive in Sheboygan and on the web at DumperDan.com. And this week, also by Sly's Midtown Saloon, 508 North 8th Street in Sheboygan, and on Facebook at Sly's Midtown Saloon. Joining us once again from Sheboygan is Captain Dan Welch, Dumper Dan himself. Well, Dan, uh, how was the fishing? You had a big weekend, I understand. Yeah, we did, uh, Dan. Father's Day weekend was, was awesome. Um, we had a lot of people here from all over the Midwest um, lodging and fishing with us and uh, had a great, great time Father's Day weekend, uh, both Saturday and Sunday. Um, and weather overall was pretty good. We had a dodge a few thunderstorms uh, Saturday morning, but they luckily passed just north and south of us, so um, we got lucky enough to get all our trips in. And as you know, we run on the weekends, we call it a triple. We run three trips per boat uh, per day. And then we had a few extra trips that were booked with us that people wanted to reserve. So I actually had seven boats out and ran over 20 trips each day on, on Saturday and Sunday and got them all in, caught a lot of fish. Weather wasn't bad overall besides a little bit of lightning on Saturday morning. And uh, it was a good time had by all. Wow, that's amazing to coordinate that many boats on the water uh, in two days. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. And it's, I mean, you come down here and watch this. I mean, it's like watching the, the Indy 500. I mean, it's just everything's dialed in tight. 
night and we got people coming and going and it's just a well-oiled machine and really good workers here and fish cleaners and condo check-in people and storekeepers and yeah, it's good charitable captains first mates but yeah we we got to farm out a few other trips to a few other charters um to help them out too because we were full so it was it was good for everybody and it was a lot of fun and and uh it just it was great you know good atmosphere everybody was in a great mood and and weather was good so fish bit good too uh everybody caught fish on every outing uh some boats more than others but that's fishing so uh yeah it's all good uh water temp's good on the lake fish are biting decent we're getting a variety down of fish we're getting trout and salmon combined and we don't have to travel too far to get to them we're we're powering straight out north and south of town a little bit we're starting in about 80 foot and going out to about 180 so easy access to get to these fish right now this time of year wow okay and what are they hitting um, everything really. Um, we're not using any plugs this time of year yet, J plugs or silver boards, but we are using a lot of spoons, uh, up high for the cohos, the rainbows. Uh, then down deep we're using metal flashers or cowbell setups for, uh, it's called a cowbell. It's a spinner blade, uh, that catches lake trout. So we fish along the bottom for lake trout with metal flashers and flies, uh, or the cowbell setup to catch lakers. So we set a variety of stuff out, Dan, for, the bottom for a few lake trout, a couple of rigs down there. We set a pile of spoons up high on our planer boards for steelhead, rainbow, coho. But then the mid-range, we run our wire divers, our mag divers, and our downriggers and copper board setups for kings. So we got the king set up in the mid-range. We got the steelhead and coho up high, and then we got the lakers down deep. And we got a spread of 15 to 20 lines at one time. So try not to tangle them up and, and catch fish as they bite. Yeah, wow. Any big kings coming in? Um, actually, we did. Uh, we had a 31.4 come in not too long ago. I can't remember what day, but uh, 31.4 pounder is our biggest of the year so far. That was on our boat number five. Uh, we had a couple 25s come in on Father's Day weekend, a pair of 25-pound kings. One got boned, one did not. Uh, we had a steelhead come in that was 19.5 pounds, rainbow. That was big. Mm-hmm. Um, that got boned. uh because, as you know, we do have an in-house taxidermist here, so we do take in the fish mounts uh, for our customers, and then he ships them right directly to their door when they're done. Nice, nice. Are you still seeing plenty of bait fish out there? Yeah, good question. Um, I actually ran about Sunday morning. I ran number five boat because I had some good repeat clients of mine here from lacrosse, and I got to witness the grass a little bit that Sunday morning, and then I saw pods of bait. Um, yeah, and that like 30 to 60 foot down, I was marking some good schools of bait uh, at that area. And then early and late in the day, we've been marking bait fish north of town. Um, they come up off the bottom, and you'll see them, a big schools of them, like 20, 30 feet off the bottom, out in like 80 to 100 feet of water, and you'll mark them heavy. But then during the day, they'll, they'll go right back down to the bottom and settle on the bottom. You don't mark them as much. But um, the bellies of the fish are full of bait fish, so... Well, that's telling us too that there's plenty around right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, June is just about over. You got openings in July. I do in July. Our June is full, and uh, June is almost over. And I do have some openings in July, um, August. There's openings at and September. So definitely, if you want to get in on this Lake Michigan trout and salmon action, give us a call here at Dumper Dance nine two zero three seven seven one one four seven. You'll talk to me direct. Um, I take all the calls, all the reservations, or www.dumperdan.com. But more importantly, too, follow our Facebook page. You can access that off our homepage at the website at dumperdan.com. But Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters on Facebook. We post videos, pictures every day. You might recognize some people on there, actually, if uh, uh, some of your friends have been out with us. So yeah, cool. check it all out. Give us a call. Um, yeah, we're taking bookings every day. All right. Well, and our second sponsor this week is Sly's Midtown Saloon. Uh, I understand they have live music with Nitro 5 coming this Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's going to be a wild and, and, and a rowdy afternoon at Sly's. Yeah, I think it will be, and it's a cool bar to hang out at. It's a, one of the biggest bars around, and uh, it's, it's right on 8th Street. It's right on the Walking Plaza area, right in downtown Sheboygan, kind of a scenic uh, plaza area. Um, they're right on 8th and Penn. And uh, they also, the next day, if you get up early enough, uh, we were just there the other day, actually, and we uh, enjoyed a really good breakfast. They, we started at 7 a.m. breakfast uh, at Flies as well. Um, so check that out. Uh, but they have lunch, supper, breakfast, entertainment, uh, 
uh, yeah, great place to stop and check out here in Sheboygan. All right. Well, Dan, we're going to let you go. Get back to those six boats and more when you have to add a few on. And we'll talk to you again in two weeks. You got it. We'll have a report for you, Dan. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Dumper Dan Welch with the Sheboygan Area Lake Michigan Fishing Report. His website is DumperDan.com. On Facebook, you can find him at Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at DanSmallOutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small, and joining me now is wildlife biologist Elena Garretts. She's the assistant upland wildlife ecologist for the Wisconsin DNR. Elena, thank you for joining us, and welcome to Outdoors Radio. Thank you for having me. Now, in your position with DNR, you deal with a number of upland species, but two key species of game birds that have been in the news a a fair amount lately, rough grouse and wild turkeys, right? That's correct. Yeah, well, let's start with the big birds. Our spring turkey season ended on June 1st, and the harvest was down from last year. What, about 17%, if I remember correctly? Yep, that's correct. Um, We harvested... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, uh, I was going to say, go ahead and summarize it and tell us what happened. Yeah, absolutely. So we harvested about 37,000 birds in 2021, And that is a large decrease from the 45,000 that we've seen in 2020. Uh, We think the largest reason that we had the decrease was because there were so many more hunters in the woods in 2020 at the height of the safer at home order. Um, We are only about 3% behind where we were at 2019, so we're really not that far off of our long-term averages. Um, Other factors that probably influenced it um, would be the season falling later in the calendar year. Mm-hmm. And also we had a relatively mild winter and an early spring green up. Um, so those are probably the main reasons why. And we've seen about a 16,000 uh, tag decrease in over-the-counter tags. So there were just a lot less people out there pursuing the birds this spring compared to last. Yeah, interesting. Well, I hunted them uh, mostly late in the season, the last uh three seasons, if I recall correctly, and uh, did not get a bird this year. Saw very few, heard gobblers uh, almost every time out, but they weren't very cooperative, and the ones I did see were pretty spooky. Um, uh, Have you heard similar things from other hunters? Yeah, I have. Um, I would say that it's sort of been a dichotomy across the state. In the northern half of the state, I heard a lot of field reports from people who are really pleased with how the season went. They've seen a lot of birds. They heard a lot of gobbling. I myself hunted a lot in Marinette County as well as Lincoln and Taylor, which are kind of in the northern part of the state, and I had really great seasons. I I harvested one, and then I missed one Ah, (laughs) later. I had a lot of opportunities, but in the southern half of the state, I did hear similar reports to what you're saying, Um, people seeing smaller groups of birds, uh, hearing less gobbling, and I think um, I think that with the season opening on April 21st, we, we might have missed the peak in that breeding behavior. might have happened just a little bit before the season started this year. Yeah, okay. Well, I live in the Driftless area and uh, have been here for about a decade, and I've hunted here for a little more than 30 years, and uh, the last, oh, I'd say five years, uh, we've seen, I've seen fewer far fewer birds than I did a decade ago and fewer than even 30 years ago when they were just really, uh, you know, getting a foothold, so to speak. Um, I, uh, and and I, I've heard about uh, population fluctuations, how uh, pioneering species will uh, increase their numbers to fill, uh, overfill a habitat and then eventually level off. Is that what happened here? Absolutely. Uh, you described it perfectly. We basically oversaturated the available habitat about 10 to 15 years ago in Wisconsin on a statewide level. We had more turkeys than we could really support. So that's why we were seeing those harvests, you know, 45, 50,000 birds consistently. 
And now they've leveled back out. We really think that the turkey population has uh, settled lower carrying capacity. It's plateaued. So it doesn't concern me too much when people say they aren't seeing as many birds as they've seen 10, 15, 20 years ago because there are less. Yeah. Well, and yet there are people uh, who've killed several or more than several. My friend Lauren Voss got five this spring, but he hunts harder and longer than anybody I know. He'll spend all day in his blind, and, you know, he often gets a bird. And I understand he shares his thoughts with you regularly. Um, and uh, and he knows a fellow who shot ten birds this spring. So uh, Zone 3 seemed to be, you know, one of the hot spots. And even even Zone 1 where I used to live, or I'm sorry, Zone 2 where I used to live, I'm in Zone 1 now, but um, there seem to be more birds over there than over here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we we do see those local differences in populations change in flocks. If there's a local habitat change or something like that, it'll, it'll cause the flocks to move around and shift their home ranges a little bit. Um, but, yeah, like, um, like you stated, we still have a lot of opportunity out there. And Wisconsin will still rank probably in the top five of all the states in the country for harvest levels. We have tons of opportunity here in a very healthy flock yeah i i know we do it's just um you know it, it's a little bit like uh, the deer hunters complaining oh a few years ago when they weren't seeing 20 30 40 deer a day like they did back in the in the 90s um but you know the habitat probably just can't sustain that uh, so we're right. in, we're in good shape then for turkeys I think so, yep, and we, we've we been working on um, some research. We have a graduate student from UWST who has been doing a Snapshot Wisconsin project looking at trail cam photos of hen-to-pult ratios, and her preliminary results um, look like our hen-to-pult ratios are pretty healthy and not fluctuating too much um, from year to year. So I feel pretty comfortable with where we're at. Okay, uh, and do we know what the season dates are for next year yet? Yes, the season, the first period, is going to start on April 20th on, uh, in 2022. Okay, so very similar to this year, then. It'll run to the end of May. Yes, correct, yep. Yeah, all right. Well, let's switch uh, gears now, and we got a few minutes left. Talk about grouse. The spring drumming survey results were just released last week, and what did they show? They showed a 6% decrease in breeding grouse abundance compared to 2019. Um, we did not have any surveys run in 2020 because of the Safer at Home order. Um, but typically, we, we feel that our population cycles peak in years that end in 0, 9, or 1. So more than likely, the peak probably occurred either last year or the year before, and now we're starting to see that very typical um, downslide in the population cycle. Uh-huh. Did you participate in the drumming survey? I did not. I did not run any routes. Um, I just, anecdotally, when I was turkey hunting, I did hear a ton of drumming grouse where I was, so I heard very many myself. Yeah. For people who've never done it and have no idea what we're talking about, how does um, the survey work? You have volunteers who drive certain routes, right? Yeah, exactly. There's a field staff and volunteers who will have a set route, and they'll go out in the spring in the early morning hours, and they'll stop at um, certain locations that have been predetermined, and they'll sit and wait to hear a drumming growth. Uh-huh. And then you move along to the next uh, next stop, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, when I've um, been in grouse country in the spring, uh, turkey hunting or trout fishing, uh, once you hear a drummer, he goes about every four minutes, and sometimes they'll go around the clock. Even I've heard him at night, even. Yeah, absolutely. They're pretty rambunctious. <laughs> yeah. Um, now the six percent statewide decline um, is is an average, I guess, or a, a mean of the three regions: the uh, southern, uh, central, and northern. What what did it? What happened in the north? Because that's where most of the grouse are, and most grouse hunters. Yep, in the north it was a 7% decrease, so it was very, um, very close to the statewide average. The, the northern district of our state has the highest density of rough grouse, so the average of those routes has a higher weight, weight compared to the central and the driftless region, um, because that's just where our, our population center is. And then 
the central part of the state didn't see an increase or decrease. It was pretty much status quo. And then the Driftless region did see a 33% increase. But like I said, since the populations are so low and the sample size is so low, um, the tendency for those population or those percentage number, numbers to change drastically between year to year is not surprising. Yeah, and these are indexes or indices, not actual counts, uh, because you, you can't cover the whole state and you can't hear every bird that's drumming it just it's just a snapshot isn't it exactly yep an index that's the perfect word for it Mm -hmm. all right but uh grouse seem to be doing okay yep they seem to be pretty much doing what we expect them to do um we did see an in harvest in 2020 compared to 2019 so that's another piece of evidence that leads us to believe that the population peaked likely last year um so hopefully we see a a good harvest again this year but it likely will be somewhat reduced from last okay and uh we talk occasionally with john steigerwald of the rough grouse society and uh he gives us updates on the west nile virus uh study that's still going on for another year isn't it Correct. We decided to do that for one more year because our sample size was quite low um, last year due to COVID. So we're going to be putting together 500 more kits and distributing them to hunters. And any hunter who's interested in obtaining a kit can go onto our website and fill out a survey and find the information on how to get one. Okay. Well, very good. Elena, thanks so much for taking time to talk with us. And uh uh, enjoy the rest of your spring and summer. I know you're you're working in the field a lot up north, and that's a it's a great time of year to be out, isn't it? Absolutely, the best time of the year. Yeah, all right. We'll talk to you again, I'm sure. Thank you. You bet. Elena Garretts is the assistant upland wildlife ecologist for the Wisconsin DNR, and you can learn more about grouse and turkeys and virtually everything else the DNR does on the DNR website, dnr.wi.gov, and just type in keywords, uh, grouse survey or uh, turkey population, turkey harvest, and you'll get the answers you're looking for. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio, right after this. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. As Remy Battery enters the 90th anniversary of our company, we want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the years. Thank you for your continued support to our local, family-owned company. We invite you to our newly remodeled Milwaukee retail store on the corner of 43rd Street and Lincoln Avenue. We have batteries from the largest military crafts to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or the waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need legal help, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best. Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupe.com. And by the way, all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa are open for business if you need help. And speaking of uh, road travel with Wisconsin and other states relaxing COVID restrictions, a lot of folks will be hitting the road this summer, and many already have, many of them in RVs. And some of us want to get away from it all, but sometimes we still need to be connected. 
And joining me now to talk about some items you might want to consider taking along is Stephen Genet. He's marketing director for Skyroam, and their website is skyroam.com. Well, Stephen, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you, Dan. It's great to talk to you today. Yeah, and what is Skyroam? What, what's, what is your uh, business yeah. all about? So at Skyroam, is, uh, we're really a portable Wi-Fi company. Um, but so we do both the service and then we also sell uh, portable Wi-Fi hotspots, which um, some people have used for years, but other people are still pretty new to them. And they're just small, uh, you know, handheld tech devices that are basically like a portable Wi-Fi modem. Um, and so we sell those, uh, a couple different models of those, as well as different service plans. So um, unlike some of our competitors, you will buy a device and you go to your local carrier to sign up for a plan. Um, but with Skyrob, we make it all one experience. Um, and beyond that, we also have some kind of proprietary technology that allows us so that you're not stuck with just one carrier, you know. So when you use our uh, hotspots, they work not only in America um, and North America, but also the rest, rest of the world, up to 135 countries. And we usually work with multiple cell phone providers in every country that we operate in. So you're getting that extra liability where it will automatically switch depending on what's the best available signal for you. Wow. Okay. Now, um, your publicist sent me um, a list of items that uh, RVers and other travelers might find handy uh, or even indispensable when they're traveling this summer. And uh, you've already mentioned one of them, your portable uh, Wi-Fi hotspot. Uh, How does that work? Yeah, so with our hotspots, um, they are, uh, a lot of people ask if they're, you know, satellite-based or uh, cellular, but they are cell tower-based. Um, so, you know, our devices have a pretty large battery, and I'm pretty large, actually, for the industry in general. Um, and so when you have the device charged up, uh, both of our current models last you, you know, 12 to 16 hours. So if you want, you can just leave it on. Um, and both the hotspot models, you can connect 10 different devices to. So you can connect a laptop, a cell phone, if for some reason you don't have other cell service, um, you know, tablets, uh, even local, even smaller devices. Say you have like a, a camera you want to connect to the Wi-Fi or something like that. So it really allows you, and especially if you're traveling with a family, to all stay connected at once. Um, and actually, our, our current models of hotspot also uh, can be used as a power bank. So if you are away from the RV, you're hiking, you're traveling or, you know, going through town with the family, you can also keep your mobile devices charged um, while you're away. Okay, and uh, apparently uh, there's a signal booster feature as well? Yes, yeah, yeah, so that's actually um, one of the, the recommended kind of products to kind of help enhance that. So there's a few different companies that make the cell phone booster, uh, but those really kind of range extenders really allow you when you're more uh, in the rural areas, more remote, um, because, again, both just like your cell phone, our hotspots are based on cell towers. So, um, you know, sometimes you're in the mountains or just um, kind of in a more remote area. So having that signal booster can really help, uh, especially uh, really help you know, the signal strength when you have multiple devices at once. Um, and what's really cool about one of our hotspots, the Solus X, is that we've actually integrated a um, remote camera into the hotspot. Um, so especially for an RV traveler, um, there's a lot of times where, you know, you're, you're away from the RV and people like to buy some type of security camera. Um, there's many different versions of that as well. But with our Solus X model of hotspot, um, if you're going around town and you're leaving your RV parked somewhere, you can actually leave the hotspot on and you can actually see the camera view from your cell phone when you're away from the hotspot in the RV. Hmm. Um, so you can, you know, it's whether it be you have a pet in there you want to check in, or again, if you just have a lot of valuables. Again, if you're traveling with a family, you could have lots of different, you know, cameras, tablets, all your clothes, you know, everything that you would travel with an RV with. So it's good to keep an eye on it when you're away. Yeah, and the camera's in the device itself, or it connects to a Yes. Uh-huh. No, it's actually it's built in. So, um, you know, it's also great for doing family photos. You know, sometimes, sell, you know, selfies work, and they become very mainstream, but... You know, with the family or if you've got a really great view, um, you could also use the hotspot as just a remote camera for pictures as well. So you can use it as a security camera. You can use it as a pet monitor. You could use it, I mean, even if you wanted to check in, if you had a young kid that were sleeping in the RV and you're out, you know, outside sitting by the fire, you could even check in with that. Um, but it's also really great for the views, you know, if you have, you're traveling around the Grand Canyon somewhere and you want to be able to set down the camera somewhere and get a much wider view than your uh, typical cell phone selfie. Yeah, okay. Uh, does it uh, do video as well? 
it can do live streaming. So uh-huh. it's it's live it's live video. Sure. Uh, but it's it's not taking expensively long uh, video recordings. Okay. But you can live stream and you'll hear and see uh, what the hotspot sees. Wow. Well, that's uh, that's quite a device. Um, a lot of features in one device, but. Your uh, publicist listed some other uh, things that people might want to carry uh, along uh, on a camping or RV trip, and uh, can you mention some of those? Yes, yes. So, I mean, it's 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 pretty impressive nowadays how much better the, the technology is getting, especially in the outdoor space. Um, you know, I think one of the ones we listed in there is they have solar ovens. Yeah. You know, depending on where you are, either, you know, you want to limit your propane use, you want to limit your battery use. Um, or especially if you're traveling in, you know, the Southwest where it gets really hot, you don't want to be sitting there cooking inside your RV. Um, really get a bit of hot box in there. So there's all these different types of, uh, cooking devices now. Like I said, the solar, solar oven is one where, you know, you can create a, you know, lunch, put it in there and it's, it can kind of just bake in the sun, uh, using different, I think it uses mirrors and some, um, some solar capability. Um, also, too, you know, a lot of RVs you can come equipped with showers, but there are some that don't. Either they come with no bathroom or minimalist bathroom, and I've seen some really amazing portable showers nowadays too, where you can uh, you can charge it up so it has hot water. You know, I'm just sitting there getting an ice cold shower in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's really, yeah, it's it's amazing the outdoor gear, uh, and a lot of those things too are great for either the RV or if you're even your car camping as well. Sure. Um, so it's yeah, it's pretty amazing how great the tech's getting crowd for us. Sure, you know, uh, some people, as I mentioned uh, earlier, like to get away from it all, and I mean literally. You know, I don't want to <laughs> turn my phone off. I don't want to take anything along, and uh, uh, you know, they they're minimalist uh, campers and and uh, and cookers and so on. But um, you know, sometimes it's nice to have, if not the comforts of home, at least something approaching that and it looks like um you know you've got a good uh, a, a good array of those yes yes I, I think you mentioned too with remote work and everything uh i think maybe we were talking earlier as well about that but people you know it's 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 not just a, a short you know weekend trip anymore where, where it is sometimes really nice to unplug completely um but i think you know after we saw last year um, and we're going to see more of it this year as people doing either very long extended trips mm-hmm. um, or even trying to, you know, live on the road for three to six months. Yep. Um, so, again, there's, there's times you want to cut away and there's other times you either have work or if you're with kids, uh, either learning on the road or especially young kids, you know, they're just going to bed at night and you want to be able to show them a little tablet video in, in the tent while they're falling asleep, uh, you know, while the adults can enjoy by the fire. So. You're right. There's just so many different use cases now, and sometimes it's great to unplug, but there's a lot of times where in this modern world we just have to stay connected. And Skyrim's a, a really great portable device to help you do that. All right. Well, where can we get more information? Uh, on your website, I guess? Yes. Uh, we do sell at Skyrim.com, but you can also find us on most uh, large retailers from uh, Amazon, Walmart, Best Buy, uh, all, the, all the big retailers. All right. Well, Stephen, thanks so much for sharing uh, these eye-opening ideas, and uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will check out Skyroam just the way it sounds, S-K-Y-R-O-A-M.com, to learn more. Um, appreciate your spending some time with us today. Of course. Thank you. I enjoyed it. It was great talking with you. Yeah. Stephen Janay, he's Marketing Director for Skyroam. Once again, their website is skyroam.com. And if you are traveling uh, in a car or motorcycle or even an RV and uh, happen to get in an accident, heaven forbid, and you need legal help, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupy.com. And as I mentioned before, all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham are open for business if you need their help. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. 
Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms makes and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Outdoors Radio is brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And Cedar Lake Sales is open for business. Check out their website or Facebook page for updates and details. And they've got new and used boats in stock. You can stop in or visit them online. Uh, we're also brought to you by Remy Battery, family-owned and operated since 1931, serving Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton, RemyBattery.com. And if you happen to miss an episode of Outdoor Wisconsin, you can watch any show from the past several seasons at MilwaukeePBS.org. Our Deer Hunt show is also there, or you can watch it on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. If you missed anything on today's radio program, you can go back and listen to it online all the time. Go to lake-link.com, and they have an outdoor uh, outdoor radio page. You click on that, it'll take you to uh, this show and, and past shows right there, and then you can download us, take us with you, and uh, you can follow Dan during the week on social media. Maybe check out how that rooster hunt is going uh, at Dan Small <laughs> <Yeah>. Outdoors, uh, <laughs> and you can find me at Hardwater Gem. Yeah. I have a story half written for outdoor news, uh, and I'm, I'm a little hesitant, but, uh, you know, I, I write some goofy stuff once in a while, and if I get this guy with turkey tactics, I've got to write, I've got to publish a story. Yeah, you got to do so, it. For sure. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Remy Battery's week-long 90th anniversary, anniversary celebration wraps up this Saturday, June 25th. That's today for most listeners, but they will be there at their Milwaukee location all day. That's 43rd Street and Lincoln Avenue, and uh, they're giving away some stuff. If there's anything left, uh, details on their Facebook page at Remy Battery, R-E-M-Y battery. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com and you can pick up his CD. He's got several CDs, but one of them in particular, Anglin Wayne and the Trollers, features our two theme songs, You Get a Line and Trolling Home to You. And speaking of Warren, he's the founder of Big Top Chautauqua and Tent Show Radio and the Big Top summer season has begun. And uh, I don't know if you, you knew this, Jeff, but my son John has a new job running cameras and the live stream of local shows there at, at the Big Top. Oh, very cool. That's awesome. So, Good yeah. for him. So uh, you can see uh, what's coming up on uh, Tentral Radio and uh, at the Big Top uh, at bigtop.org. I'm Dan Small. I'm here with Jeff Kelm. Uh, you've got a tournament this weekend, but any plans for the fourth next weekend? No, I think we're going to chill. We're going to sit back and watch some fireworks here in town, which they're they're having again this year, so we're excited about that, and uh, just enjoy some time at home. i got to butcher some chickens eventually, so we'll, uh, uh, yes, we'll get things prepared for that. <clears throat> yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Well, um, the AAA says 47 million Americans will hit the road on the fourth uh, weekend, 
including a million right here in Wisconsin. That's up 25%. Yeah, it's unbelievable. 25% from last year. So everybody, be careful if you're driving over the holiday weekend. And remember, Yuppie and Abraham are ready to help you if you get into an accident, which we hope does not happen. Well, Jeff, um, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, Uh, have a great one, Dan. Yeah, you too. Get outside this weekend and join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. You've been listening to Outdoors Radio, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Find more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Brought to you by Lake Link, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. When my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure When the worms go dry In the coffee can, honey I'll be troll